You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. In less than a week, the whole Lagba Omer uh, experience is about Mavshimah uh, Be'yochai. And the way how exciting it is about Rav Shimon Yochai, and supposedly that was the day that he died, the day that he went to Shemayim, the day that he taught the most Torah. These two men never met each other, and yet if you do a search through Shas, you'll find that Rabbi Yochan and the Amora quotes Rav Shimon Yochai hundreds and hundreds of times, uh, and that to me is an indicator that he had a lot of traditions from him. He wasn't necessarily, therefore, this is a statement of an Amora, but quoting a Tana. It, it's almost like, uh, you know, my students in the academy knew that I would always quote Ramosha Feinstein, even though I only met him once um, and spoke with him. Um, I was a devotee of, of what he was about and his psak. I, I believe Rabbi Yochanan was the same way for Shimri Yochai. He, obviously, he was the leader of Claudius Yisrael in his own right, but his a lot of Rabbi Yochanan's what his statements that he says in Shas are because he is, if not his adherence, but his desire to be connected to the ideas of Rabbi Shimon Yochai. And let's take a look. This is one of them. Kol All the mitzvahs that we have, they were given. Here's a, a Gemara word that comes up a lot, farhesia. Farhesia. I can't tell you the, sh- the root of the word. I try to sometimes give you the root to make you understand it a little bit better. But the word farhesia means public and open. That's what farhesia means. Farhesia means, and I, again, I'm sure if you look in the Jastro and other places, you'll see where the root comes from. But it's already part of the parlance. We say, someone who violates the Shabbos openly. Farhesia is a very, uh, it's a word that's part of the yeshiva shalingo. We know what that means. Farhesia. Farhesia is open. So, in this context, we all know the, the event of, of, of that Shavuos has come to symbolize the event of Matan Torah was, they were out in a, in, in a desert, but it was definitely open in a way. Uh, there was a lot of lightning bolts and a lot of uh, sounds and there was it was a very incredible experience for people that were around there. So it was Farhesia. It definitely was a lot of people. And the mitzvahs, the Wistav Seres Hadibras, were definitely Bifarhesia. Now, they didn't get all the mitzvahs there. Uh, obviously, Moshe taught the rest of them. And those were also, in a way, Farhesia. I guess what that means is, is that when Moshe studied them with 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 the rest of Klal Yisrael, they were also a lot of people around. This was a known thing. So, in other words, the mitzvos were public, and what the mitzvah wanted from you, and what you were, how you're supposed to fulfill it, was a very public thing. Chutz mi Shabbat, chutz mi Shabbos. Shabbos is somehow not Farhesia. Now, it's, it's one of the Ten Commandments, right? They heard it, right? Now, however, it was that they were, right? Uh, even before they came to the, the Har Sinai, of course, we know that the Jewish people sort of understood what Shabbos was about, not only in, in Mitzrayim, based on the Midrashim that they were keeping Shabbos, but also in the Torah says specifically when the month started to come down 
it was, uh, and it didn't come down on Shabbos. A double portion comes down on, on uh, before Shabbos. All those things occur before they get the Torah. So the concept of Shabbos is, is in their mind already, and what Shabbos is about, and how you need to prepare, and how uh, clearly it was something that was part of the consciousness by the time they got to Harsina, and definitely after Harsina. So Shimon Bar Yochai is interesting that he's actually saying that Shabbos was a secret, Sina, but Sina. Sina is the opposite of Farhesia. So if you're underlining, you would underline Farhesia and Sina as opposites. It was given to them in a, in, in a, in a quiet, unassuming, and hidden manner. Hmm. Is that true? Well, where does he, where is the source for that? Shenemar. So we go back, and if you take a look here on the side, we can see where this is. Um, the Pasuk. Remember, we, 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 the whole idea of Shabbos being uh, a, a gift came from Shemos Lamed Aleph. Uh, and you can see here, that was Pasuk Yud Gimel, where it says, that was yesterday, Ladat. Right? Four psukim later, Pasuk Yud Zion, right? This is part of what many people say is Kiddush on, on Shabbos morning, or, or they say it, right? Um, right? Or on Friday night before they, uh, when they, right? Some, again, people do say this is part of their Kiddush Shabbos morning. Right? Right? This is uh, part of, I think, the Friday night davening, right? That's Bisham Ruvene Yisrael. That's sung by Kal Yisrael. If you're not, the Vilna Gon, of course, did not. <laughs> did felt that that was a hefsik between the Bracha and Shmon Esrei. But these are psukim taken from Parshas Kisisa that are part of every Shabbos experience. Now, I, I want you to notice, look at these two psukim here, here on the side. The one we dealt with yesterday also says that OT, that it's a, a sign, that's something special. And then we have here again, So you have the word os repeated twice within a couple of sentences, right? Shabbos needs to be kept because it's an os between me, it's God, and you for all time. And you need to know what it means, what does. And we, and we weren't about that yesterday, the special, whatever, the special schar of Shabbos. And now we have a couple of psukim later, we have, once again, Beini Ubein Bnei Yisrael, Oti Leolam, repeating the idea of Ot, repeating the idea of the Os Leolam. Okay? Now, I guess the Pesach before said Lidoro Seichem, which is children for all generations. And here we have a similar phrase, but it means something I think subtly different. Oshi le'olam. Beini u'bein b'nei Yisrael oshi le'olam. Here, in the Pasuk before, it just says, between me and you. Well, we know who you are. You're b'nei Yisrael, right? But this Pasuk emphasizes who you are. It's the b'nei Yisrael, between me and b'nei Yisrael, and it's le'olam. So, Shimon Bar Yochai is zeroing in on something here. He's saying there's something here that is between not the people at Sinai, but something very unique between the 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 
the essence of what B'nai Yisroh is. And it's not just L'doroseichem. It's not just for generations to come. But it's L'olam. It goes to beyond this world, even. So there's something about Shabbos, as he's going to say, that was given in B'tzina, a way that couldn't even be comprehended. It was It was almost like beyond public comprehension. That's what Shabbos was. There was something about Shabbos, an aspect of Shabbos, and that's what I think Shemrechai was getting at, that is, is, that, is, that is beyond and secret. That's something that we have, but it's been given to us sort of as connected to a, a mysterious eternality that we have. Uh, where am I getting this from? I'm getting this from because the statement on, on, on the surface seems wrong. How could you say it was given, uh, Shabbos was, was given B'tzinah? Obviously, they, they heard about keeping Shabbos. They, it was a very public thing. There's something about Shabbos that is completely B'tzinah. And I think that comes from the comparison of the two verses. And that's, that's Oshila Olam between me, that's God, and the, son, and the B'nai Yisrael. The B'nai Yisrael is not just the people there. That's B'nai Chem. Those are the people that were physically there who are going to uh, inculcate the idea of Shabbos. Then there's something between God and the identity of B'nai Yisrael, which is something larger and, and more inclusive. The B'nai Yisrael is almost like a, a, a concept that is eternal, and it lasts beyond the limitations of this physical world that has generation, generation to come. It's la'olam. It's something that is beyond. And, and in fact, the Hebrew word for hidden is also ne'elam, something that, right, that, that, that it's, 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 we can't even comprehend that. That's what Shemrechai is talking about. There's, there, Shabbos is, it was something that was connected to something super beyond. Okay. So, Instead of the Gemara like saying, wow, that's incredible. What is it about Shabbos that's super beyond? The Gemara actually Yes, it is. Hanukkah is saying it's like that's part of what we're going to be clearly going to be zeroing in on. But it's interesting, the Gemara doesn't allow this to just be idea. oh, that's deep, man. That's a real deep thing, right? You know, why? You know, Take another puff of the peyote. That, that's not what the way the Gemara responds to that. Well, the, the way the Gemara responds to that is, hmm, ihochi, a key Gemara word. Ihochi, if that's so, lo la'anchu nochrem If it's true that there's this thing about Shabbos that's sort of a part of the essence of Shabbos and that only we perceived what it was, then non-Jews should not be punished about it. Lo la'anshu, that's onesh, nochrim, nochrim is another way of saying people that aren't part of the Jewish people, nochri. The Pasuk says, nochri tashich, that someone who's a, a, a non-Jew, you take interest from. A Jew, you're not supposed to take interest from. La nochri tashich. Okay, so nochri is someone who's not part of our community. So the non-Jewish community should not be punished about Shabbos. What does that mean? 
<laughs> but that that's the Gemara's question on this point. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm telling you something. So, okay, so but the fact that the Gemara doesn't let it resonate, it expects that you, it should resonate when you read it. The Gemara, again, it has a certain cadence. And part of it is asking a question. And the question is going to be from some other principle that we know is true. Now, what does this mean that non-Jews are, should be punished? Right? We know non-Jews have seven mitzvahs, and right, the seven mitzvahs of B'nai Noach, right? They are the Noachim. What is going on here about Shabbos being punished for Shabbos? So Rashi is your friend. Rashi is going to help. Let's take a look at the Rashi. Right over here on the side. Lo nenchu Nochrem Allah. Non-Jews should not be punished, right? And now Rashi says, it's a four-line Rashi. Let's read it together. Anan, Anan is Aramaic for us. Nun Nun is always ours. The Nun at the end of a word always means uh, it's possessive, right? Masnison means our Mishnah, right? Kid Amrinon, as we say. So Eshkach means, it sounds like the word Shachach, which is to, to forget, but in Aramaic it means the, almost the opposite, to find. Eshkach means to find. Right? In Hebrew, it means I'm not going to forget. I'm never going to forget. Right? Remember, you've been at your weddings, and that's what they sing. <laughs> In Aramaic, it does not mean to forget. It means almost the opposite. It means to find. We, Eshkachan, we find. What do we find? Shachazar, that he, that he was moving. Chazar coming back, and who's this? Hakba. We know what that is, right? Hakadosh Baruch. We've talked about that before. That's the Rashi Tavis. That we find that God moved. God sort of circulated. Lehanishan mitzvot to punish them on Torah and mitzvot. Hmm. Non-Jews get punished for Torah. Where does that come from? So Rashi quotes a Pasik. Dichtiv. There's a Pasik that, that talks about this idea. What does it say? It says, Vizarach Meseir Lomo. He he shined himself, right? He was radiant from Seir, from the area called Seir, which is where Asav and his descendants were. Hofia, he appeared. Mehar Paran. He appeared from the mountains of Paran. And then Rashi quotes another Pasik. Miksiv. Eloha Metemanyavo. God comes from Yemen, from the south. So God is sort of like coming to us, these Psukim are saying, after he's been around. He's been around to the other nations. Now, some of you are already familiar with this idea. Um, Rashi hasn't given us much. And therefore, you take a look at this little letter Yud. So that takes us up here. Not every, I know some of you have got another Gemara that you're looking at. I'm not sure if it's going to do the same thing. But that Yud takes you to, uh, as Rabbi Shaya Pick points out, uh, who did a lot of this research in the beginning of the 18th century and mid-18th century and finding all the sources and making sure that when the Gemaras were printed, even the Rashi references could somehow be traced. So here you see, in brackets, 
Avodas, this is this stands for Ayan Zion, is another way of saying one of the Mesechtas and Shas, which is called Mesechtas Avodazara. <laughs> you might be surprised if you didn't know about Shas that there's a Mesechta called Mesechtas Avodazara. <laughs> Here's a Mesechta. They say, by the way, that um, that uh, that in Brisk that that was one Mesechta that Rav Chaim never studied publicly. I don't know why. There's a lot of beautiful things in there. But supposedly there's something about not, I, I, I didn't, it, it wasn't a voodoo thing. He wasn't afraid of it. But it does, it sounds weird. I'm, right? But that's what it's called. Because it's about dealing with the non-Jewish world and dealing with issues of food and other issues uh, of, of, of eating uh, bread that's baked by non-Jews and uh, cheeses and milk. All the, the sugis of Chol of Yisrael and, 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 and the humros uh, you're going to find in um, in Masechta Savodazara. And in generally, how we should manage in a world where they might be the uh, the majority in terms of dealing with issues. So it's it's a very important Masechta, believe me. <laughs> that, that, where is it? But it starts on Daf Bet. This is a Bez. These This colon here means Amid Bet. So if you look on Bez Amid Bez in Avodazara, um, you're going to see Something. And he says, Ayan Shum, look over there and you'll see what we're talking about. Again, what, what is it we're trying to figure out? We're trying to get the Gemara's question. The Gemara said that Shabbat, Shabbos, was done privately. And then the Gemara's question is, well, if that's true, then non-Jews shouldn't be punished for not keeping it. Hmm. And as Rashi pointed out, it's we have a tradition that they were punished for not keeping it. And Rashi quoted some psukim. Rabbi Shaya Pick says it's based on uh, uh, this Gemara and Avodah So yesterday, I think we did a good job. I showed you how to use your computer to find stuff when it's quoted. I'm going to show you now. I don't want to leave this, but I'm going to show you. Here we go. I'm going to show you where to find this. Here's an easy way to find it. Um, there's a lot of websites where you can find Shas. Um, here's one of the ones that doesn't give you the Tzuras Hadaf, Machon Mamre. Um, and you go to Sources of the Oral Law. And right up here you have uh, Talmud, you have Mishnah, Tosefta, Talmud Yashalmi, Talmud Bavli. Here's Talmud Bavli. And then you scroll down here to Avodah Zarah. And here we have Avodah Zarah. Daf Beis on my base. It's right here. Um, it's actually, um, I would have put Beis on my Aleph, but this is where it is. The Gemara says that um, Dorish Rab Khanina Bar Papa. Vitema Rab Simloi. La Asid Lovo in the future. Oh, in the future it's gonna happen. Maybe a Kadishbarhu Sefer Torah. Kadishbarhu is going to take a Sefer Torah, Manicha Bakeko. He's gonna put it in his in his in his uh, hold it in his chest, hold it uh, just like a guy dancing with a Sefer Torah and Simchas Torah. Va Omer, Lemisha Osek Ba Yavovito Sharo. 
whoever studied the Torah can get the reward. Whoever studied it and lived it. The the story the, the Chazal goes on and says, Miad, right away who came around? Kova Umot, all the nations, the Nochrim. They were all in, mixed up. They all came together and they said, we deserve, now that the Messianic age is here, we deserve to, to also be, uh, to have a great role in it. The Pasuk says, they're all going to come together. So, so first God says, don't, first of all, you're all mixed up here. Uh, everybody, uh, you know, um, um, the country of China over here, America here, uh, Ukraine here, Russia here, everybody in their own place. Okay. Um, then the Talmud says, I'm skipping a couple of lines here, and the, and um, it says it says Rome is going to come, whoever Rome is today, and Nicholas of fun of Malchus Romi, and Rome is going to show up, and Rome is going to make their point. The Gemara goes on and says, it gets, it's pretty long-winded here, but the Gemara says that Omar HaKadosh Baruch Asaktem. What did you do, Rome? What did you do to make the world better? So, they say the Rome, whoever Rome represents, the Western culture, Harbe Shvokim Takninu, wouldn't be for us, there wouldn't be an economy. Harbe Marchatzos, look what we did for hygiene. Look what we did for uh, the money, we, how much money we brought into the world, the, the idea of currency, kesef, bezov. And we deserve a lot of credit for this. Why do you deserve credit for this? Because, we all did this now that Israel is now indicated as the great nation. It wouldn't be for us. We made the superstructure for the world. Today, she is asku so that's the way they want to take credit. Okay? So God answers them according to this Chazal. God answers them that you only did it for yourself and that you didn't do it for the Jews. I know that. That's a lie. You're not going to be able to get any great schar for that. Okay? Uh, then it says, Yotzu nefesh. So they left. The representatives of Rome left. God had answered them well. Uh, then Persia comes in. Um, Etc. Can all the nations come in? Um, and then, uh, and again, it's a very interesting. You take a look at the Gemara yourself. But then the Gemara says, that once they realize they're not getting, they're not going to get a big role in the Mashiach's time, in Olam Haba, whatever you want to call that period. So then, um, So the Gemara says that um, the Gemara says that they want to say that they deserve some credit as well, which means that what they deserve credit because hey, we didn't know about the Torah. Why are you saying that we're on the outs? Why are you saying that we're on the outs of uh, of what's going to be in the future times? Why are we on the outs? What did we do wrong? Okay. So the Gemara then mentions, and this is what Rashi was referring to, that they, they're going to say to God, 
You never gave us Torah. You're blaming us that we didn't understand the great gift of humanity and we didn't take care of the Jewish people and we persecuted them, and etc. Maybe you should have given us the Torah. So on that, the Gemara answers that they can they really say that? Can they really say that, can they make the point that they should have been the nation to get the Torah? Gemara says, Hashem misinai bo, v'zorach miseir lamo. These are the exact psukim that Rashi was quoting. The question is, what does it mean God came from Seir? God came from Taman. So Rabbi Yochanan, the same Rabbi Yochanan of our Gemara, by the way, called Shem Rabbi Yochai, that God came to all the nations Velo kibua. God actually offered the Torah to all the nations. They didn't want it. And therefore, the nations had their chance. Right? Um, on that, they answer, well, you didn't force us to take it. If you would have forced us to take it, maybe we would have also been the chosen people. Because we know you forced the Jews to do it. We would have taken it too. So, the Gemara then says that they, um, the Gemara says that God sort of says, what about the mitzvahs I did give you? I gave you Shevah mitzvahs. Have you accepted? Have you fulfilled them? Do you keep those essential laws of humanity? So the Talmud says that turns out they didn't do such a good job with those mitzvahs. Anyway, what happens here at the end, as those of you that are familiar with this, is that God gives them a test and sees if they can fulfill a certain mitzvah or not. So that is this background to what Rashi is referring to. A whole long agadic piece in the beginning of Masech the Zavod So, we're going back. Now let's go back to our page. So that's what we're referring to. We're referring to, in this one line, we're referring to a whole description. Rashi didn't even help us. Rashi gave us the psukim. Rabbi Shayapik gave us the background. And we're talking about that there's going to be a future time when the non-Jews are going to be held accountable for not accepting the Torah. And therefore, they're going to get a punishment. They're going to be punished for not really... Um, the world will be a better place. but they are not going to have the role that they would think they were going to have. They're going to, in a sense, be downgraded. There's going to be a a hierarchy that they're not going to share. We do say the world's going to fill with dots. It's going to be a beautiful, incredible world. But there's going to be some blame. And again, a communal blame almost. Right. That is exactly what we're talking about, Hanukkah. We're talking about that Gemara in Avodah Zarah, where they get their chance. What this all means is, again, obviously, what does it mean God has a sacred Torah? What does it mean that there's, who who represents Rome? Uh, who's going to represent those worlds? Is going to be the president? I mean, the, the whole Gemara is very difficult to understand in any literal way. And yet the Gemara, our Gemara is using that background as a question. We're <laughs> saying, we know that the non-Jews are held responsible for not being involved and not accepting if it's true that there's a part of Shabbos that was completely private then why 
how can you blame the non-Jews for not accepting Shabbos? And you actually punish them in some future time, they're going to actually pay the price for not becoming the Jews, for not becoming the chosen people because they rejected Shabbos. They shouldn't be punished from it. Hmm. Because it wouldn't be fair. You said that they, they heard about Torah and they rejected it. Who, they never heard this. This was something secret that you only uh, c- communicated in some ultra-spiritual way to the souls of the Jews. And, and it wouldn't be fair. How come you didn't do that to the non-Jews? That's the Gemara's question. Now, I would say, as a, 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 a person reading this as a, uh, a, as, as a teacher, the Gemara is using this question to set up a, 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 a response. It's not a politically correct one, but it's going to be something different between Jew and non-Jew, in essence. And we know every person was created with the Tzalem Elohim. And we need to have more respect for the Tzalem Elohim. But let's see. The Gemara is really setting up an answer, and you'll see what I mean in a second. So the Gemara says... Here's the answer to the question. Shabbos, so here's the answer. Shabbat, or Shabbos, Odie. the non-Jews heard about Shabbos. Okay. Odie, Odiunhu. They were made known that there's Shabbos and what's involved with it. And maybe, as we said yesterday, the external beauty of Shabbos as well, in terms of what it could do for them. They heard about that. But Matan Schara, the great uh, uh, benefit of what Shabbos gives you in an eternal way, God sort of did not let them know about that, which is sort of a problem because maybe they would have accepted it had they known what it would do for their souls. But that's the Gemara's first answer. Gemara says they heard about Shabbos, they rejected it. Now, the Jews, of course, took Shabbos without even knowing <laughs> about the super schar of what Shabbos is about. So this way, at least it answers how the non-Jews can be held responsible for their rejection. The Jews heard about something deeper that the non-Jews never heard about. But in terms of that piece of Talmud in Avodah Zarah that we just looked at and what Rashi sort of referenced, there's enough here to say, hey, you rejected Shabbos. Now, that's not such a great answer because maybe they would have taken it had they heard about the Schar of Shabbos. This is again a key Gemara word. If you want, we could say another possible answer. This, and, and again, what are Ibaisemas? Ibaisemas are possibly two different records of what the answer was. In other words, at one point the discussion went this way. And then it went in another way as another possibility, either from two sources, or maybe it was, I can give you two answers. Here's the second answer. Iboyas, if you want, Ema, I'll say, Matan Scharanami Adiyunhe. They were told about, in a way they could comprehend, the incredible uh, benefit, the incredible payment, the incredible schar, the incredible. Uh, compensation and spiritual way that Shabbos could do. But what they were not told about, this was the thing that was 
mitzina, the thing that was private. What was that? Nishama yisera, the extra aspect of nishama, the extra aspect of soul, lo odiunhu. They were not made privy, they, was, they were not privy to given a knowledge of what that means. And when God said, he was talking about the fact, not so much that by keeping it in the future, you're going to get great schar, but right now, as Henoch was saying, right now, your soul is a different soul. It's a greater soul than it was before. That's this idea of Osili Alam. Hmm. That they didn't, they weren't told about. And that's something that, that's what Rabbi Yochanan is telling us. Now, um, I am saying, uh, it's my own interpretation, that this is another way of indicating the difference between Jews and non-Jews. This, again, uh, I'm telling you what I believe the Talmud believes. I'm not telling you what I believe. The Talmud is telling us that Nishama Yusei, this is the Talmud's way of telling us that we have a different quality of soul than the non-Jews. And that quality of soul is activated on Shabbos. Um, and now the Gemara goes on to prove this. Now it quotes here another Amora. But we feel it dovetails with what, the way we've interpreted this statement from Yochanan in the name of Shimon Bar Yochai. The Yom Reb Shimon Ben Lokish, that's of course Rabbi Yochanan's good friend. Henech uh, is asking, do they still get some sort of Olam Haba? You're right. This statement, and I really believe this is, you know, a couple of days ago I felt I inserted a certain take into the Gemara, which I, I don't think is untrue, but I believe this is the, you know, we, we call this the entrance way into the Jewish mind. I believe that the Talmud continuously stresses this idea, and it's an undercurrent, that we are made of a different metal. But that doesn't mean, Hanukh, that there's no Olam Haba for the rest of the world. But it's a different Olam Haba. And um, it's a tough thing for people to hear. Uh, the Rambam, I don't believe, had exactly the same way of looking at this. But this is what I believe is being said here. That, let's take a look. Shimon Lokish said, Nishama Yuseira, no Sena Kodesh Baruch Ba'odam that a person gets this extra soul, God sort of like ignites it. I don't think he, it's a gift, but he sort of ignites it. It's already there. And when do you get it? Erev Shabbat. Ulamotzi Shabbat. And Amotzi Shabbat. Notlin Otohemenu. It's taken away. Notlin. God, God is the one that gives it. Right? But it's sort of taken by other forces. Right? Notlin HaKadosh Baruch Singular. God puts into every Jew a extra aspect of soul. And on Saturday night, and let's say Shabbos, and Shabbos is over, notlin, 
doesn't say Hakadosh Baruch Hu no tail, no tulin ota. It, it, plural, her, the neshama, is taken, hey no, from him. Her from him. The neshama is taken away from him. Shenemar. Where does that come from? And it's the same Pasuk Yochanan quoted. Let's take a look. Right? Shovas. Okay. What's the last word? Vayinofash. So we know uh, modern Hebrew, right? Uh, no fish, right? People say they need a, a vacation, a rest. Vayinofash, by context, we assume it means resting, right? So what does the term mean literally? If we look at it, it says, right? Because God made the world uh, in six days, heaven and earth. On the seventh day, there was a cessation, Shavas Vayinofash, and there was resting. God was sort of like taking it easy, like he's under the, uh, like he's under the, uh, you know, the, the, the umbrella, you know, drinking the margarita. I mean, what does that mean, right? What, what's what's Vayinofash mean? <laughs> in other words, there's uh, again, I, I, you can only understand this in some sort of ultra spiritual way. It can't be physically, can it? So that gives Shimon ben Lokish literary uh, license to make a drasha on that word vayinofash, because it's uh, on the surface it's 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 extreme anthropomorphism. Shavas is not as bad. Shavas means there's a cessation. However, you understand God is creator, God can stop creating. So there's Shavas means whatever was happening stopped. We don't know how creation works, but however creation works, God could somehow somehow have a, a cruise control switch or whatever it is that, that the creative powers are somehow drawn in. But Vayinofash is, 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 is understood as taking a rest, right? So therefore, that word is, is, it gives license to say what? Kivin Shavas. Meaning, it's going on us, right? On the seventh day, there's shavas. God sort of rests, and we share with God that sense of resting. But once that's over, kivin shavas. Once Shabbos happens, the next word after Shabbos is vayinofash. So we take that word, Vayinofash, and we put like a little, uh, a, a marker, a, a psik, a line in between. We, we separate the words, the letters Vav Yud, and the words Nofash. And we say, the two, the letter Vav Yud, if you read it, means Vai. <laughs> what does Vai mean? Vai means Oi, <laughs> pain. Vai is what is, 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 is the sound, it's an onomatopoeia sound, and it's what it's what happens when when you say vai, right? Everybody who says vai, oi, right, it hurts. That's the that that's the expletive of of, of pain is vai. Oi, vai, oi vei, right? That's what it is. So vai, there's pain. Why is there a pain? Because no fash. Where's the neshama? This right, right. The the nafash is gone. The nefesh, meaning not the word nafash resting, 
but nefesh, there's this aspect of soul that's gone. So let's re- let's review. What is it that Shimon Lukash is telling us? That every one of us gets a extra aspect of soul. And the proof is, the hint to that, is the fact that when the Torah describes Shabbos, the Torah says that at the end of, after the word Shabbos, there's this anthropomorphic term which can't just mean God's resting. It must be a clue to us what happens when Shabbos is over. When Shabbos is over, there's the pain, and that indicates what you had during Shabbos. That what you had during Shabbos was that nefesh that's now gone. And that shows you that's something that is unique to the Jewish people. And as we said, the non-Jews weren't, and this is where I'm adding my own idea, they weren't able to comprehend that. It's not that God was hiding it from them. It's that even before the Jews got the Torah, there was something about the Abrahamic DNA or the people that stood there at Harsinai, whoever they were, that those descendants, that they were able to get this extra aspect of neshama turned on that the non-Jewish world does not, sorry to say this, does not, according to the Talmud, does not have. They don't have it. And since they don't have it, there was no way they can know about it. It's like, I, I don't hear what you're saying. You can't explain something to someone if they don't have the capacity to comprehend it. The idea of the super soul of the Jews, the one that you feel on Shabbos, the Gemara is telling us is something that was only, it was bitzina. It was something that could only be comprehended in the most private, deep way. Yeah, but my point is, I, I, this is an idea that can never be explained satisfactorily to a non-Jew. And I hate saying this because, again, you know, look, I, I'm trying to make it comprehensible to everyone. But this is basically saying is that there is a, a line of demarcation. And, and the non-Jews didn't, don't even get it in the future. But Rob, but Rob. What I was saying at the end is, if many Jews have problems observing the Shabbos, Kalbachomer, the non-Jews. But what I'm saying is, you have to take, let's say, the positive with the negative. If you observe if 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 you want to get the positive, which is uh, the the Shaman at Yisera, you also have to quote unquote take the negative, meaning observe Shabbos and not doing things. That is correct. I, I think if if more people understood the positive uh, turning on of the neshama on Shabbos, I think they'd have an easier time dealing with it. I think part of our problem is, is that when we teach Hilcha Shabbos, we teach so many details that cause people to make it difficult to understand how to keep Shabbos properly. I think if we spend some time talking about the bonding possibilities to God, and it's sort of like our souls are, are, are closer because there's more God in us. 
there's more aspect of the neshama on us, I think it would make it easier. Now, I, I want to end with this. Um, how does that neshama yaseira that we're talking about, how does it uh, show itself? So I want to just do a Rashi and Rabbi Nochanano, and then we'll stop with that. Rashi says, this neshama yaseira, look what Rashi says. Rochav lev v'menucha. You have a certain expansiveness of heart to feel at rest, to feel unrushed, and to actually feel a sense of happiness and spiritual growth. You feel that on Shabbos, Rashi says. That's what the Nisham is able to do. And Leos Pasuach Lirevocha. There's also a real physical difference that you find that it's open to expand, right? <laughs> you found like, like you, 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 right? You find that your heart expands, like sort of like the Grinch's heart, sort of like expanded so many sizes, right? When he, when he did that, that, that great act of courage, right? Uh, the Pasuach Lirevocha. You, that's what happens to us. We find we're able to, to expand. And Rashi says it very clearly, even even to eat or drink. And and you don't have this experience of saying, your nefesh saying, oh, I, can't, I ate so much. Oh, I, I'm over. I, you don't find that sense of, 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 of conflict between your nefesh and what you're physically doing. You're able to eat and drink, and that, that nefesh that's in you doesn't say, you, you, you grub pig, what are you eating? You're eating so much, right? Oh, I, I got such a heartache from this. I, there's there's, there's a, a, a beauty, a synthesis. So even though I, I, you look at Rashi, Rashi is about a person who's like in a complete happy, positive state of mind, eating and drinking in a way he can't do during the week. He, he, and that's, Rashi is telling us, that's part of what the Neshama Yaseir is able to do. Very, very telling point. You wouldn't expect that, right? It isn't just about recognizing the beauty of davening and thinking about God and, and, and the world, how the world was created. It manifests itself in in happiness and attitude that's very physical in terms of that's a that's a a, a person who's satisfied that's a person who's happy that's a person who's enjoying himself that's a person who's uh, he's, he's well rounded it's almost like the extra neshama that we have makes us normal and happy and be able to deal with with the fact that our body and soul are in other cases going in opposite directions. And Shabbos were able to somehow unify that. That's what Rashi, again, I, I made a little spin on the Rashi, but that's what I, I think Rashi is saying. And, and, and that's an incredible idea, really. You know, um, it's, not about mon- it's not about being monkish on Shabbos, but it's about sort of, as, as Henoch said before, Ma'ain Olam Haba. Again, the mystics believe that Olam Haba, the body is part of that as well. Olam Haba is not only for the souls. So therefore, Shabbos is sort of a way for the soul to be able to manage like that extra battery charge that's able to make things different in that way. And um, 
I said I was going to do Hanano, but I think we're going to. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 